wastes a lot of time and Josh gets angry. But he's 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 the shock jock. You know, he's like he's got yeah, this is a very radio voice like um God, he sounds just like uh oh my god, who's that actor uh slash comedian, mostly comedian. Um oh this is gonna kill me. But I thought it was him for a second. I was like, Oh my god, you're friends wow. with this guy. Oh, oh <laughs> this is a, gonna kill me. Uh he's a he's a radio guy. Uh it, like i feel like just googling white comedians is a, it's just not gonna <laughs> not gonna get there but he's like a very white comedian uh bill burr no it's not it's like um he's like kind of wholesome but like not really huh uh oh my god this is really gonna bug me i don't know if i can start the episode until i can remember this because I want you to pass it along to him and see if okay. like, he, he agrees with me. Yeah, he probably won't listen to this. So yeah, we'll have to make sure. No, this probably won't even make it in. <laughs> but maybe it will. Uh-oh. I'm a pretty lazy editor. This whole, you know, this might just drop in. Fine. Um, I was at the bank the other day and someone, I was wearing a mask and this person was like, you look just like this guy. <laughs> I don't know who it is, but let me find out. And then she showed me this like picture of this sort of, tiny figure skater i was like you look just like this figure skater (laughs) oh that reminds me uh there's this comic i actually opened for him uh named joe list and he has this joke where he's like i'm just walking down the street and his friend's just like oh hey man you look like shit and he's like well just took a shower and got a haircut but like you know like way to ruin my day instantly (laughs) it's like just just missing on that sort of thing is yeah <laughs> i mean it made did made me so i was like man fuck should i become a figure skater did i make the wrong choices in life she was like this guy's on like the morning news i was like this is wild this figure skater i guess in the summertime has a little side gig being a a news guy that's that's cool that's either cool or depressing i don't know <laughs> like, yeah we're not paying our figure skaters enough or is the news that fun? <laughs> well, um, well, I got, yeah, well, I'll just start it off. When, uh, welcome to when will it end? Um, this is, I don't know, maybe top three movie podcasts in your feed. Uh, and this is a, we're doing a little special. This is probably gonna be the first special episode without Josh. And, um, I guess for the, I guess 10 people that stayed listening we're doing a I'm just I'm just going to be chatting with some friends doing the same thing but just um Josh is sleepy and he needs a little break sometimes. So I'm joined this week by my friend Jake who is a writer, comedian. Hmm. What else do you say? Writer, comedian. Hmm. You can uh That's fr- perfect. Friend. Writer, friend. comedian, friend. We're friends. <laughs> and uh yeah, so we're doing I think we were trying to do two-parters just to keep it a little weird, but you did suggest such a nice three-parter that um, some one of my favorite franchises, and I'm, it's been really interesting already getting started into it. So we're going to be doing the before movies, and uh, yeah, what did you? Why did you pick that? By the way, just curious. Uh, full disclosure: uh, it was on Criterion, and that is how I pick a lot of movies. And I was like, "This is perfect." I like Richard Linklater. I haven't seen. I've seen one of these movies like a long time ago, and uh, yeah, and anything from the '90s, I love to see if it holds up. Like, because I feel like just it so much doesn't. Yeah, like his like his little beard. His hair was pretty good. <laughs> this but is his the little best- beard. 
the best America can send to Europe is a little little goatee Ethan Hawke. It's just yeah. it's so cute. They look so young and cute. It's such a God. This movie. I feel like Linklater, the way he thinks about time is just like that was mostly what I was thinking about because I've seen this movie so many times and watching it now. I just felt like I was one of his characters who is like in the future looking back at a previous version of a time that still exists but doesn't I don't know it was it was a really weird rewatch. Yeah, I I totally understand. Like I I will admit I kept watching this like cuz the way Ethan Hawk sort of starts, you know, is is like a little edgy and I was like, "Uh-oh. He's going to say something from that would have been cool in the 90s but it's not cool now i could just feel it coming and i'm this whole movie's going to be tainted and then he didn't it was great yeah he's still like he was always a very pretty challenging person with his little quips and views and but yeah you know he I, they kept it no no canceling needed for yeah. this one yeah and their little arguments about gender is is still as good and and cute and not shitty as it was back in the 90s so that's nice yeah, I think um, it would really, they really did send their best. Like the this was this is the best we could have done in the the '90s. Like this, like we're gonna send our our best uh, our best American man representative. Uh, they couldn't get the uh, lead singer Sugar Ray, so they had to send Ethan Hawke, and uh, we're gonna send him to Europe, and they're gonna have a blast and and give a good impression. And and uh, yeah, it felt almost like a uh, yeah, like a oh, love man. letter to Europe. That's true. Who would you, who do you think we would send now for sending our best? Um, how old was oh, man? Ethan? Like little Nas X, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, that'd be really nice. <laughs> just go get his unfiltered opinion. And I guess he'd still just be chatting, like hanging with uh, Gerard Depardieu or something. I don't, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I'm sort of out of touch with the, <laughs> the, the, the Euros. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't even name a contemporary French, like, uh, actor actress uh yeah i guess maybe still julie delpy or gerard is gerard is he still alive uh oh great question I'll look um it he must be he's like a, a french i don't know i guess they say institution but i'm not really sure what that means he's just a dude he's just a giant <laughs> dude <laughs> yeah God. The the French occasionally have a, a Viking like like the 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 Normans true. you know like they there's a little there's a little bit and you can just get a big French dude I mean Andre the Giant obviously but that's such a great yeah. point we all we hear about these Normans but yeah they're usually just like little weak guys like me but yeah he is <laughs> such a powerhouse they'll, they'll make a large guy every once in a while <laughs> yeah I got that I got the little the little French jeans. <laughs> Wow, he's so popular that Wikipedia does that thing where they can't even fit anything on his normal Wikipedia page. They just have a giant, his filmography page. <laughs> Always fun. He's a beast. Uh, I think uh, Vin- Vincent Cassell, maybe. Like, yeah, he's still, he's pretty old, though. Yeah. It's not like yeah. they're, they're young, shining. Uh, that's true. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's incredible. God. I always want to watch. Wow, he's, I'm sorry to keep it myself, but fucking Gerard was in four movies this year jesus he's still he's a giant and a legend and he can't be stopped it's like when i see samuel l jackson in a capital one commercial it's like right giant this guy not sleep like what what's going on no he's probably this probably take 10 minutes yeah this is true it's on a green screen but yeah i am i this is this is an interesting time to watch this i'm glad you picked it because this would have been 2022 would have been before 
what probably dawn i get no they already did sunrise what's what's the like antithesis to midnight uh noon i guess before noon yeah if they wanted to continue Mm. it just sounds so lazy <laughs> that sounds awful i can see just on that alone why they didn't do the fourth one yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do before noon it's like this this sucks so they got yeah. brunch <laughs> yeah jesus but actually it's interesting the press initially like blamed julie delpy for ruining it it's such a weird probably hmm. like misogynistic just like taking this out of context but since then, they've all sort of come forward being like, yeah, we just like had nothing and we didn't want to make a bad movie. We didn't want to make Before Noon. You have to respect that because <laughs> uh, so. you get in a producer's office and you're like, we're going to make a bad movie. Then the next question is, okay, is it, are people going to buy tickets to it? And it's like, yeah. It's like, okay, we'll make, make the movie. I think that's true. Yeah, they definitely yeah. could have made this. They could have made a bad movie. Yeah, if, if anything, just the, 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 <laughs> the, the, Oh, sun! The sunrise cinematic universe. <laughs> like they, they had to expand it. Yeah, we could do spinoffs with the. Oh, I mean, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but those the Cow Brothers are still some of my favorite parts of this movie. So we could do in a little like cow. You know the the actors that they first yeah, meet yeah, on yeah. the bridge. Yeah, that yeah, was uh, that was when I decided I was going to like the movie. Like like that conversation. I was just like director has to have some cojones to like just just have them and have them not go to the show right it's like they didn't go to the show they just entertained these guys for like 10 minutes on a bridge and then disappeared yeah no it's it's a cool that moment like i was reading some letterbox reviews everyone seems to love the the listening booth moment and the telephone fake telephone calls moment but i really do think that like that bridge from them getting off the train couldn't have gone better if like that is the perfect way to like they're awkward they're like this is maybe not the right idea and then they meet a couple of sort of loser arrogant mean uh progians and it's like okay this is the perfect way for them to come band together against the awful european boys on the bridge yeah they were they were quite snarky uh, Ooh, i do yes. think they would have enjoyed uh them showing up though i, I did <sighs> kind of want to see that yeah i think everyone sort of wishes that happened i know my friend's letterbox review is just like pissed that they never saw the cow play but otherwise pretty good so yeah i think the, the bring me the head of uh i love the what's that um fuck bring me the head of alfredo garcia's uh peck and paw i love the little weird peck and paw reference that i didn't really catch before this viewing i did i i missed that uh yeah because I, I thought straw dogs was something else uh big big peck and paw fan so <laughs> yeah he the name of the play is bring me the head of wilmington's cow which i thought was a, a such a weird fucking god i do want to see that play yeah, for sure. We we need to know. But yeah, so this is interesting that this is like a closed trilogy now. They've really missed the... Uh, I don't think there's a way, because Linklater is so obsessive about the math of his movies that I really don't think that even if a year from now he like had the perfect idea for a sequel, I think it's just dead. Yeah, it would, ha- it would have to be some sort of like, like ironic, austere sort of like synthesis of the movies i feel like it would be the only way he could like pull it off where it's like they're they're older and i don't know maybe something not negative but yeah like there's just just like very intense circumstances like sort of like 
shore up the romantic element of it or like yeah i don't know they they retired at key west yeah they could have had talking babies because nine years (laughs) they could have had a couple of babies that's that same producer that wants them to make a bad movie also has the talking babies button he just smashes whenever they need a hit dude there hasn't been a talking baby movie and i guess since baby driver no no, sorry fuck i just did it what's the boss baby boss Boss baby baby. there was no talking baby in baby driver which was really disappointing i mean i wanted a baby driver i did not want yeah, I didn't I, want like a traditional film. I wanted that. I wanted Boss Baby to be driving the cab. You are not alone. America wanted a baby <laughs> in Baby Driver. How many? How many people bought a ticket thinking it was going to be a baby driving? I honestly think most people who went to see that movie thought it was Boss Baby. I think okay, there was so, that so weird mo- um, majority. Yeah. So okay, I I I I don't necessarily disagree. I think I think yeah. a whole hell of a lot of people sat in that theater and. And we're just like that that infant's gotta put on his little kid gloves, you know, his little driver gloves. He's gonna Yeah. He's gonna get the heist. Uh I fucking hate that movie. I don't know how you feel about it, but I fucking I did not I, I, I watched it like in like a private theater situation mm. and it was just like a very casual environment and it was like fun and whatever, but I remember like nothing. I just Yeah. Yeah total memory hole on that one yeah that's sort of exactly it's just sort of offen- mildly offensive and boring and i don't care about cars like i'm not a car guy and, and, and it's funny because my in-laws are all car people and i just like don't care <laughs> like it's just they have no cultural significance to me whatsoever so it's like any movie that like a car is featured or like is part of it which again to tie this back to the to the film uh they're in europe like very little car interaction mm. Very enjoy yeah. enjoyed that. No honking. Would you consider yourself a train guy? Oh, I'm totally a train guy. <laughs> okay. sign, sign me up, baby. Transport Tycoon. I was playing that with my little brother. <laughs> you know, I was installing that on like my my old ass computer when I was a kid. Like, yeah, trains for days for sure. So GTA's out. Tra- what was it? Transport. Tran- what? Transport Tycoon. Oh, it's a tycoon uh, of transport. So it's the guy who made roll. Okay, I'm, here we go. Uh, it's a guy who made Roller Coaster Tycoon, and he made the whole game. This is the game he made before Roller Coaster Tycoon. It was all in like assembly code, so it was co- like this extreme passion project. He he basically made it on like a floppy disk sort of memory, and like it's incredible. It holds up, and there's still this huge modding community for it. Uh, internet, you know, bringing people together. But uh, but yeah, that was a started my love of of trains and alternative forms of transportation wow so you, are you a train movie guy or just a train like do you, are you a snorpierce or a um murder on the orient express if it's got it, it will certainly push me to seeing it if it's got a train in it that being said i don't know who paid for this bullet train movie coming out with brad pitt yeah but, uh, I couldn't go five feet in LA without seeing uh, a billboard or uh, like a virtual advertisement for it. So they are pushing Damn. it hard. Are there any trains in LA? Like, there's a transit system. It's just not very robust. Like there's a bunch mm. of dead zones where you just like you can kind of get places. Like LA is so stupid. Am- Amtrak doesn't even go to the main airport. Like that's just what are you doing? Like you got to keep your Ubers Ubers fresh, I guess. It's they don't Uber. They don't even want to drive. It's like a hundred dollars oh, to go right. from like the 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 Van Nuys like train station to like the airport. It's crazy. Like Huck. city designed. It's it's arrogant. 
that's the word the city is arrogant <laughs> like yeah that's a pretty fucking intense situation where you're like we'll get you there's pockets of transport but not yeah. like wow you can just get like stuck has anyone yeah. i guess they made that tom hanks movie about the guy who lives um out of a uh a bucket in the airport or something yeah uh i don't remember it but i know what you're talking about but yeah they I, could make a sequel where someone like gets to a terminal that has no egress or something and just yeah sort of, yeah they're just a total dead zone just in the yeah. hills boiling Fucking. squirrels you know <laughs> just surviving whatever you can get in la that sounds fun maybe i should move to la i don't know the boiling squirrel lifestyle i am vegan <laughs> i know but um i feel like if i boiled them myself yeah i hate sort of... to say this but uh the greenery it's like i don't think unless they're like hearts of poem uh very little uh forgeable vegetation i feel mm, unless you want yeah. to start getting into uh the hollywood hills topiaries i do want to do yeah that's exactly what i want perfect okay I feel like some dude is eating all of our grass. Like, we cannot get him out of the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I mean, I could probably just forage in between, like, cracks. Or are they good at that now? I know that when I was first living in Boston, just, like, the central square, like, was sort of mortared together with cigarettes. But I feel like maybe <laughs> uh, they're cleaning better and there wouldn't be as quite as much for me to, to sort of graze on. No, is LA is it's not clean. So oh, yeah. I guess from that respect, you could, yeah, there's probably plenty of just trash on the ground. You could get your way through the opposite yeah. of Europe. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, Europe is a, a sort of a, a very lush. And I like the, like, I think what's successful about this movie still that really holds up is his, his fascination with strangers. I love that there's like all these little moments where we have our two main characters, but he really makes sure that we know that, they just happen to be the main characters and that anyone and there's like just little moments where you get to see other strangers where he's like hinting at that any one of these people could have been the main characters this all this is like totally sort of cliche yeah it's it's really even just the opening it's a the music choice is very strange i think but other than that it's just like wonderful to like see the hills and then you just see this like the the old man was my favorite of the intro shots so just like that old man staring out the window sitting next to his wife who's reading yeah, it, like I, even the way the film opens with the arguing like German couple, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like what what a tone setter. It's it's saying like you're going to hear some people's lives sort of poured out very publicly and like yeah, these two people happen to hear it, but yeah, they could have gone on and had their own story for sure. Like it lingered enough. We hear enough. It's not just like you know, from like a screenplay perspective, it's probably not just like German couple arguing, you know, and then like, oh, yeah. oh that's weird. It's like they took time to like characterize them. Yeah, the, they, I really love the, that she hits the paper. I think that's a fucking wonderful power move and yeah. um, really <laughs> intimate. Like that little detail is, uh, I feel like I def I wouldn't have done that. I would have definitely been the sort of annoying, arrogant. I couldn't understand them, of course, because I'm a brutish American. But <laughs> I, 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 the the woman who just slaps that man's paper is fucking awesome. She's she's in she's in the contender for MVP. I'm just gonna let you know. All right, noted for sure. Uh, yeah, my last boss was German, so I've got a little PTSD right now. Like, oh yeah, she, it, she was just so aggressively German. Uh. She actually lived in the Soviet bloc, like, like very interesting person, um, like work, but I digress. Uh, like 
I learned some German from her. So it's like I can kind of like hear what they might be talking about just purely based on like stuff we just bullshitted about. So, oh. but because I feel like there was there was maybe a joke or two in there in the language where it's like that was also like such a conscious choice to not like subtitle it. I feel. Yeah. You yeah, know? that's an early version. I feel like that's all the rage these days, which is, um, yeah. yeah, that must have been a little frustrating experience for, a, I don't know, a boomer in the 90s. Oh, God. Know, what what like, the fuck was going on? It's fucking art house films making me learn other languages. This is bullshit. <laughs> so how many times have you seen this movie? I've I've seen it um, countless times. And I'm just curious, Was is your relationship with it? Two and a half? It's it, it, like... I, I, I've become more romantic as I've gotten older. Like I oh. don't, I would not consider myself a romantic until I was maybe like 25 or 26. So like watching this now again, I'm just like, I just like it so much more. It's just, just for, yeah, it's just so much more pleasant, the more to get out of it, that kind of thing. So that's so cool. Cause, cause I really like Peter Greenaway. Like he's probably one of my favorite directors and like, but his movies are like, just visually stunning and serious and like there's the music is really orchestral so it's like kind of holds your attention Wait, even who's, sorry who, uh, oh, that's uh the cook the thief his wife yeah, and her okay, lover yeah yeah and yeah um, the movie's awesome and the belly of the architect which is fucking great uh we've seen that one check it out uh it's got uh 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 uh, Denahi, uh, I can't remember the guy's last name. Big ass not, guy. I think he passed. I'm not going to edit any of this out, just so you know. We're <laughs> oh, just no. going to look foolish. No, look so foolish right now. No. <laughs> so if you listen to an episode, we spend most of the time just uh, just stammering and trying to remember shit. So it's Brian Denahi, I got it. See, I was right. <laughs> you did it. I mean, I knew that. Of course, I knew that. So, what's the what's the Greenaway connect? He's a he's more of a sullen, like cynical director. Right? He, Is that he, right? He, yeah, he sh- he shoots like Europe, like in the same fashion. I would say, like especially in the Belly of the Architect, there's like a lot of these like long lingering scenes of like architecture and bathhouses in Europe, and like y- the whole movie is like it's like, a love letter to the that process of architecture like how you see stuff you know like how an architect would view a city and it's like a, a sub theme of the whole thing and i kind of felt that a little bit watching this where it's like um you know he he wants you to see the city like outside of of them like the with the you know the sort of like exposition scenes and that sort of stuff so that, that was a connection for me i that was what kind of was thinking and then the other movie i was really thinking about was uh uh <clears throat> Uh, do 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 Ollie Fear eats the soul. So it's like oh, yeah. another German sort of yeah. I think uh, it was Fassbender. Mm-hmm. And just just when you were saying earlier about how the characters are like their own main characters, and like that's how I I felt too. Where it's like you're in a bars and everyone is kind of like very fleshed out. It's not just barkeep, host, bouncer, right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's why people are obsessed with the the people that are obsessed with the cow guys are, and I think that's why the bartender at the end, yep. like they all just feel. Linklater is incredible at just giving life to things. That's sort of his whole deal. Is just like, you know, his first couple of movies were more even vignettes, and he still can he manages to push life into just like one minute of film, which I think a lot of filmmakers have a really hard time figuring out how to get life to feel real for their whole movie and he's 
I, I can't even like quite put a finger on why, because it's not just detail. Like anyone can throw a little detail. It's just the way he, I don't know. He manages to just make people feel like they've been there, not just that they got there for the shot. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. I, I don't Yeah. It, it's hard to describe. It, it's, it's cool. It's really neat when you get to see like, yeah, the authorship where it's, you really can feel him. And like you said, like his sense of like time and just how important it is. It like, yeah, watching it, I was like, this is a Linklater movie. Like, it's just so distinct and so nice. Um, totally. And yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's like the dignity of all the characters. It's not like he was like, I have to get the story out and I have to hit all these plot points. It's just like, I'm just throwing the kids in the sandbox. And uh, it's nice because that's more what life is like. Like, weird shit <laughs> yeah. can absolutely just happen if you're a little bit, like, friendly. <laughs> yeah. And then, but on the on the flip side, he's still he's not just um, playing around. It does feel very on. It's it's weird. It's on rails because like the way the story unfolds, I was sort of paying attention to that more this time. Like how you know she, the very first conversation they have, they make sure to hit the grandmother. They hit like that. They're both not in relationships without saying it. And then you watch as the movie goes on, they feel more comfortable talking to each other. They talk about these things that the opening scene they didn't talk about and it's very it's not like they avoided it there's a big zero and so it's he does this thing where it's like it feels very much like two people chatting but it's very scripted it's very directed yeah it's it's could only go in one way yeah it's it's so it's it's so hard to write like like the from a writer's perspective like if you're you're trying like trying to get dialogue right on what people are willing to like reveal, you know, it's like people are very private up front. And then it's like, as you learn more about a person, it's like, what do you slowly start to like allow to happen? And I think, yeah, they just needed these very rich characters and backstories to be able to like have this natural progression, even though, like you said, it's very structured. It's like, yeah, they're giving more details as they, they get more comfortable with each other. And that's just like so hard to write because it's like, you can't just be like, Oh, they're slowly falling in love. It's like, well, how do you reflect that in dialogue? And, uh, it's not easy, (laughs) not easy folks, not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Dialogue was always, I didn't used to write it at all. And then as I got more comfortable with writing, it's, it is very tricky to think about because, you know, as anyone who's in a relationship or has ever been in one, um, most of the time you're talking to someone or, you know, maybe uh, perhaps doing a podcast with your best friend, Josh, who never pays attention to you. Um, <laughs> most of the time you're talking, the other person is either probably not paying much attention or has something else they really want to say. And capturing the disconnectedness is very hard to pull off. And I think that he, this is a great, like anyone who wants to know how to write dialogue, this is a just like a, a little, I don't know, masterclass. Master yeah, yes. masterclass. And just, yeah. oh, this is how people talk. And like, I've seen this again a lot. And maybe it's just because I'm so familiar with it that like I could sort of see the seams at this point. And like, I, I'm i really excited. I'm sort of getting ahead of myself, but I'm very excited to see how a nine-year-older, both of these like young actors handle the dialogue. I think they're going to do even better because sometimes you could see the like, the pretending to rifle through uh, their brain to come up with something to say sort of feels a little more stagey than I think it was on my first viewing. In some it's, it was so weird because I was 
like it was kind of an uncanny valley moment for me too with, with that sort of thing because it's like that would also be kind of how you would speak if you were trying to like impress somebody you That's know it's like point you know it's like that I, I had that thought a couple times too independently of what you said which is funny because it's like i'm sitting there going he's thinking but is he acting thinking or is he actually thinking or is he acting thinking that he's supposed to be thinking to look cool you know so it's like yeah very as, again that's why when you have a th- throw a third character into the conversation that those dynamics get even more complex it's like how do we don't know what we're comfortable saying to each other and now there's a stranger we don't know what we're comfortable saying to this stranger in front of the other person even if the stranger asks one of us a question so it's it, I, yeah, I love those group dynamics where it's just you start. To, That's such a cool point. I never I don't know if I really even sort of intellectualized that while watching it. But yeah, the scenes with other people are some of the most interesting scenes, like with the um, hand reader and the poet yeah. and the two dudes on the bridge. And yeah, it, I think it's true. A lot of the movie, I think, is just them. But there's a lot of a third person where they are forced to interact with each other. And yeah, it's wow. That's so cool to think about that. Or the the poet, you know, it's like, yeah, again, it was just one of these things where like I rolled my eyes, but positively. Yeah, <laughs> I was positively rolling my eyes through that scene. I was like, oh, it's a good poem. I see how it is, you know, <laughs> and they did it on purpose, too, because I think that was, I think, a poem that already existed. And this the line where he's like, they probably just like have already have a poem picked out and then throw the word in. It's just like basically what happened you know right. behind the scenes it's to get more meta carly's sitting there my my wife uh and uh she's just like uh like oh man well he's so cynical and i'm just i'm like it was so funny i was just like well it might be cynical we're we're either supposed to know the poem or not know the poem it's like a a rorschach test of of how we how we view people's personalities because like even if they're right he could still be cynical i'm like it's a good poem it's it's a great like poem. He, he worked it in perfectly <laughs> yeah like, it doesn't matter it's like in that <laughs> moment that was a good poem you were read a good poem <laughs> that's a fucking awesome poem i did uh i don't know i i, I sort of got into poetry late but I think my microfiction obsession sort of made me realize that poetry is just microfiction. And I really, that's a, it's fucking, yeah. It's, I really love the guy's voice. Reading it by myself, just in my head, is not as good as listening to whoever that guy is yeah. read the poem to you in, in Before Sunrise. Another tangent. Have you heard Shakespeare in Old English? No, I don't think oh, so. Or Middle English. But it's, it's, so cool like there there's this like i don't know it was like a bbc special or something about it but they were doing all of the uh all of shakespeare in like the old vernacular and it sounds so much better because so much more rhymes or is like a sex pun so it's like (laughs) you miss this entire dimension of all of these 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 films because they're like they're not spoken out loud or they're not spoken correctly you know they're they're spoken in like a stilted sort of you're reading it way exactly like in your head when i read a lot of poems i'm like eh, and then i read it out loud or i think about mm-hmm. it or I like you know i like put it in a time and place and, and it gets better but um yeah totally did you see the the cohen Macbeth or yeah Macbeth right i didn't i didn't was it good? It's sort of. No, it sucked. I thought yeah. it sucked. Yeah, it was like the same thing. It's just like a bunch of good actors yeah. doing a bad job of yeah. of doing this English I thing. I think you either got to do it like the Northman where it's like it's it's like really set in a time and place uh and like just totally locks into like everything, you know, and and like mixes the 
the accents and some of the original language. Like to me, with if you're going to do Shakespeare exactly, it's got to be in that old pronunciation, or you have to change it to to match modern. Yeah, you got what's that? Wow, what's that fucking movie by the the Veep guy about the oh, Russians? Gosh, um, no, not oh. the death of Stalin. Yeah, the death of Stalin. Uh, That's the perfect way to do it, where you just get a bunch of Americans and British people and just like fucking... 100% agree. It's like, this has to be funny because it was funny, you know? Like a lot of like that palace intrigue was funny. Like like I've read a lot of Khrushchev's like journals and stuff and it's it's fucking funny. Like he was like (laughs) super funny. (laughs) And uh, yeah, like I think that movie captured like the absurdity of that. Like I'm sure the Trump White House was like very similar to that. Just like, just, just griftopia just all these characters just all competing for attention and God, not knowing what yeah. to do that's so true it's such a like i haven't been paying very much attention to the the hearings because i don't really give a shit but I've like watched the zero minutes so don't yeah. Uh, yeah well josh um put on the fucking outtakes which is it's so <laughs> it was so fucking funny like that's the thing is all these the, all these things that are being like released as damning evidence of capital crimes it's just like this is the fucking goofiest shit ever it's fucking awesome gallows humor yeah like i love that he like grabbed the wheel of his limo and okay oh i'm so so glad i get to talk about this for a second (laughs) here's what i think happened i think he was being trump and he was joking and he was like oh i'm gonna go up there and like went for the steering wheel and wasn't like trying in the the security the secret service agent just being like oh my god the president's trying to like drive up the hill he's trying to steal the wheel but he was just like doing that trump thing where he's like oh i'm gonna get the wheel i'm gonna do it yeah they all took him seriously because he's the president and now he's like has to deal with like a uh like a curb your enthusiasm sort of like fallout (laughs) from it yeah it's it's like it doesn't yeah i think that's especially knowing him like he's a, a little coward and just doesn't give a shit about anything other than yeah. so why the fuck would it like it's just it doesn't matter it's just like it's the goofiest that all the shit that we sort of knew was happening it was just like yeah. a bunch of bumbling buffoons um all, doing... all, i mean I, I that's like how i feel like most politicians are they're just like okay just imagine the laziest course of action that's like what they're gonna do <laughs> like just uh, whatever the easiest way out is they're just gonna take that and uh, Trump's like the the absolute like you know shining example of that. He's just always going to take the path of least resistance, like every yeah. time. But um, yeah, he's uh, that's been fun. He does. Ugh, I don't. I don't miss that he's president, but I do miss that mouth and those hands and just like his goofing around. Like God, that was a, he was a legend. He was a full I, mouth legend. Oh, yeah, if anyone misses it, I do recommend the the outtakes. There, he does these weird hand signs when he wants out. to cut the tape. He just like swoops his hand under a and like a bird flying under a bridge. It's just wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a bad man. I just want to make of it clear. Course, to yeah. Ter- terrible so, person. Um, Most presidents should be in jail, uh, him yeah. included. So, yeah, bad man, good mouth. Yeah, <laughs> so fun, so fucking funny. I hate how funny he is. I know he doesn't even know. I don't know. I don't. Maybe he knows. It's it, so hard to know. I heard someone described it like jazz, like 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 his speaking is like a style of jazz, and I'm just I can't get off that. That's a perfect description. Yeah, it's um the cafes you don't say <laughs> yeah it's the space between he really works the works the in-between space yeah um but i 
I mean, to get it, bring bring it back somehow, um, which I can't do. There's no segue here. I'm just going to start talking about before sunrise again. Um, as an, I, I thought it was. It's amazing to hear your journey because I grew up as a like a stupid little romantic. Even though I, I was sort of outwardly displayed that I was too good for it, I think I really liked romantic art movies, and it was like you know, like like Wong Kar Wai was sort of my gateway in and. I've watched, I just watched, I don't know, you, you, you Chungking Express got, yeah. Okay. I, I, so that's the one I've seen the longest ago. I recently rewatched In the Mood for Love and uh, mm-hmm. enjoyed it so much more. So, okay. Like, again, just as I got older, again, getting more romantic, I thought it was so much, like, just so, just, I'm just sitting there, like, like, I, f- I feel like a, a soccer mom watching a soap opera, just like, oh my God, what's, mm. what is going to happen? Like, this is so, there's so much emotion in this scene. It's when the, you know, music cuts in and she's walking Ugh. through the, the alleyway and the rain. It's like, it's, oh. yeah, that one I've, is very intense. I've always found Chunking Express to be much lighter and fun. And like, yeah, obviously none of the relationships work out, but it's, I've always thought it was sort of more of a light romantic movie and I watched it this year and it was like really depressing and sad and lonely. And I just didn't feel any of the same romantic magic that I've always sort of paired him as like, Oh, these are about failed relationships, but he sort of really lingers in the beauty of what could be. And this just was like, I didn't want this, any relationship to happen. Everyone was like really damaged and really weird and yeah. would be terrible for each other. Yeah, I think that's that, that's part of like my personal growth is like being able to understand the irrational actions of other people, you know, and like understand like why a relationship might not work or why it might be awkward or why they might choose to not just like do the Hollywood thing and just like, you know, say I love you or like, you know, grab the person and just you know, do do what would feel based on everything before normal. And it's like, yeah, the more people you meet and people you understand, it's like you, you see these romantic films is even more tragic or even more sad or depressing because it's like you could understand why they wouldn't do the right thing or they wouldn't, you know, set themselves up to like ride off into the sunset. So because this movie felt like they did everything right you know like like they made every correct decision they just like a ping pong ball through all the right words and in, in in situations which which was refreshing right. because firstly it's hard to write secondly you don't see it much yeah they're like the the plinko the plinko chip that gets the car yep yep they got the even car. yeah i even this watch and it might be that i'm old and find the idea of falling in love with someone again exhausting but <laughs> i really found this I, like i wasn't as charmed as i was and i actually found them to be i'm and i'm i've seen the other ones less i've seen the second one probably a couple of times and i've only seen before midnight once and i'm just I'm, i can i'm very interested to see if this like natural like one of them just got out of a long-term relationship the other one is also getting out of a relationship and they're both just like in those that early 20 somethings where it's like the first person you meet you yeah. know that line from eternal sunshine that just like has stuck with me for my entire life being like why do i fall in love with anyone that shows me any fucking attention yeah and just like this movie is the perfect encapsulation of just like oh what if we like let that work the magic of falling in love with someone work even though they're probably like they show signs that they really like it's more than just disagreements. They sort of get on each other's nerves and they've only known each other for like the 
like early part of their like the very freshest yeah part of i definitely felt that for sure so it's it's cool that he even includes in this movie just like this is not just a regular like meet cute rom-com this is just like two people really in bad places ready to be somewhere better and sort of just grasping at the first thing to come along like i think anyone could have been across from them as long as they were cute yeah it would have been the same movie i i definitely like and to continue with the trend of just like as you get older it's like as i get older i believe more and more people can fall in love much faster than like i that i conceptualized as like a kid you know or or a teenager even like you know early 20s and like this movie to me is like they're speed running love you know they're just like just they're picking at the edges they're blasting through caves you know they're just like going at it asking deep questions like just getting it all out there like in 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 a way that because it was so organic and and felt very real and you know despite the pretension absolutely there like the the it's like i was convinced these people were falling in love or it was possible that these people could fall in love not just being some sappy thing it's like if things go right people can fall in love crazy right yeah yeah, you don't really need much more than uh, two people in like sad in out of relationships to see each other from across the train. And it's like, I think it's also really interesting. This movie starts with the only reason why they got together was because of a a failing relationship. Like yeah. the German fight is like she would have stayed in her seat had they had she not yep. been catalyzed to move because of like them in the future. But like that time travel aspect is not yeah. lost on Linklater, not lost on the audience, and the fact that he like hints that oh this is just them potentially in 20 years and that's Mm -hmm. just another version that we now get to see happen like how these two germans met is probably very similar yeah it's like learning from other people it's like it's just deep down it's what we do and yeah just like watching yeah this other couple and and just them internalizing that maybe a little bit or like we're not going to be like them (laughs) yeah you know or our parents yeah, yeah or our parents um like they it doesn't matter if like it works out long term but like it it very much feels like they're covering every base in in this film like all of the interactions they have are like every relationship pitfall it's like okay you see another couple okay you meet strangers all right you know you're you can't find have a, a place to have sex you you know it's just like <laughs> just all of these situations they just lace them all into the film uh and i i just yeah it felt like almost teaching like there was like a t like like he was kind of teaching like somebody that might have given up on a relationship a little bit in this film to say like just push through a little bit or you're gonna get on the other person's nerve i don't know do you agree with that Hmm. interesting and maybe it's because i'm old and cynical at this point but like i think it's i find this movie a little bit weird i would not recommend people use this um as a as a way of trying to find someone it seems really intense and sort of destined to fall apart if you actually but i mean that's how everyone meets other people that they love no (laughs) it always works too i mean obviously like i've i've had many experiences where i met someone was really excited by them and stayed up all night and wandered around boston or whatever place i was living in and it's like it definitely is a thing everyone does i think that's why this movie is so effective because it's just like the way when you get so excited about somebody like all you want to do is be with them and this is just like hey this is that movie where 
people are just with the other person and it works out sort of and i think the ending is really good that they still refuse to make it work and i think that's a great story telling thing but also a great franchising because it does Mm -hmm. i don't think anyone who saw this would have expected a sequel and you sort of want that sequel but i don't know if anyone really thought it was going to happen yeah it leaves it that either way it's totally yeah totally understandable to give a sequel because it's like you could either yeah be cynical and say it's not going to work or you could say like oh no this the love was so strong you know that they they were able to to traverse the ocean wow really is that that's how the second one starts you can <laughs> i don't know <laughs> scaling the ocean he's he's in a little sailboat he's in a dinghy oh, that would be so fucking cute i can't wait he's he's a he's at laguardia airport and then he uh he he's like i'm gonna miss my flight i have to take the dinghy oh. he's like i can't make it this this is so good and that's why okay this is gonna yeah. be good i'm excited and then for he, it. he lands like he lands on like like the the d-day shores of like northern france you know like mm-hmm. there's still some like historic so it's a time travel movie too so he's, no, no, he's no, no, all no, no, suited no, up con- for war con- oh okay <laughs> it's content we, we I, you can have like the ghosts of the the soldiers landing as he like lands on the as he lands on the northern france shore and, and she's waiting there like on like a widow's walk for him you know I, this is how I imagine the film's gonna start. So I can't wait. I'm gonna watch it right now, <laughs> and it better start that way. Otherwise, I'm gonna leave a negative. I'm gonna be so sad if it's not Ethan Hawke just rowing ashore with, you know, just you just hear Wilhelm screams all around him. <laughs> if he's just at a bookstore selling books, I'm gonna be so pissed. Oh my god, he would be. Yeah, this um, this started. I think it was this movie. I don't know why he's not in this movie. I don't like his outfits. I don't like his <laughs> hair. Um, he is pretty nice and interesting, but Ethan is probably one of my like longest crushes on a celebrity. I think Ethan and Guy Pierce are both just like that era guy that yeah, he's really not attractive in this film in my humble opinion like like they they pulled away everything he like his only attractiveness is his just like excellent acting in this film like he's he's his character very well and like but yeah the jeans you Ugh. know the oh gosh that just fucking jacket that doesn't fit imagine going to europe and just wearing like yeah just just a goatee and frumpy jeans just like disrespectful well they sent our best so <laughs> can you imagine if someone else had gone in his place they're going to be wearing our blue jeans that's that's the american motto i don't know i think he's going to get more attractive that's my prediction i'm not going to predict i've seen the movie i sort of forget though i think they're both going to get more attractive and that's going to so be the next one is like 2004 or, or is it it's it's like early it's nine years right? nine years later so 2003 okay right? No, no. I'll just go back. Yeah, it'd be 2004. 2004, 2004 you're cool. right. Sorry. Fuck. It's wrong. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> uh, so, it's, so, yeah, 2004, I feel like, was like the... the we, we peaked on terrible fashion. Like, early 2000s was, like, the worst. So there's a chance maybe he's, like, righted the ship a bit and, and is a little stylish, but I think it might be worse. My oh prediction. hell no! Yeah, uh, early two thousands. Like, come on! Like, what was it like? 
hip hugger like jeans with like the little the the belts with the little studs in them. Uh, mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, uh, spaghetti strap tops uh, for guys. He's going to be wearing a spaghetti strap top. He'll be wearing Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> yeah. He'll be wearing Hollister's. He finest. doesn't. He doesn't have the beard anymore, so that's already a win. He's going to look great. Nice. Yeah, I think I remember him looking sort of gaunt too, and I really like a gaunt Hollywood guy. Yeah, I, f- I feel like uh, was it Christian Bale in the the Machinist that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's perfect. Spindly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bones, bones. Yeah, I mean, I I do like um. We're talking Gerard earlier, but um, did you see that movie? Um, fuck the one about the guy who's angry and chases that lady around in his car. Fuck, what was that called? Uh, I don't know. Um, I really wanted uh it to be much longer. It was just it was like two hours. It was just long enough to be sort of boring. Whereas I think if it was like an eight hour movie, it would have been really intense the decalogue of chasing someone in your car yeah it's just like about a, a road rate is uh fucking russell crowe that's right russell crowe's like he's the opposite of a gaunt actor and i i really like him too so yeah. I, I, he's always chunky he's always yeah. got some, some meat on his bones oh, there he is uh, i was called unhinged it was only 90 minutes it should have been 900 that's all i can have to say about unhinged <laughs> that's this the only way i would like. take it seriously oh, oh my fuck god yeah. look at that guy that guy, if he's wearing a pair of Oakleys right there, he's like every guy like yelling about Trump in their pickup truck. He's that's what he does, I think, in the movie. He's in a pickup truck. They couldn't have got Mel Gibson. <laughs> uh, he was busy. He's been in like twenty movies in the past two years. It's wild. We need a guy with an accent and probably anti-Semitic. Who who, yeah. who do we got? <laughs> who do we got? God, it's that's anyone that uh complains about cancel culture just like look at the thriving career of mel gibson though he was a little early right that all happened like a a little bit yeah that was like at the height of his career i feel like is the only way he got away with it was because it was like when he was like super superstar i really liked um dragged across concrete just because it had mel gibson in it and i think that really helped I, I, I haven't watched yeah. it. I cannot wait to watch it i know i've like i keep getting it recommended to me uh i've heard it just Purely for the silliness of it, I want to watch it. Yes. So. I, it's one of those movies that I don't... I, I mean, I've seen Craig's other movies, and he seems like a total ass. And <laughs> I don't think he like intentionally made this the way that I appreciate it for, but like his right-wing ideology with Mel Gibson in the lead, I think it just like is the perfect self-satire that didn't mean to do it. But it sounds pretty great. Yeah. I mean, he's so imagine being so anti-Semitic and racist that you have to make a movie about Jesus. Like you have to make the passion of the Christ. It's like, I have to redeem myself. How will I do this? I will make a movie about how I am Jesus Christ. And I've been, I never saw it, but I remember it was icky, right? Oh yeah. It was, it was like, like all it's all yeah. icky. Yeah. Ugh. I I am so convinced that that movie like just nailed a fetish. Just somebody was like the happiest person they've ever been just oh, yeah. on that day when they got to see that movie. They're like, I can't imagine a world in which I'm less turned <sighs> on than right now. Fuck the like the the whip, the 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 barbed wire whip or whatever. The whole thing. Like, flail. That's right. It's called yeah. the flail. The flail. Yeah, somebody was just just growing up in a church, just miserable, unhappy with their with their situation, and then they're like, "All right, this I get to see this movie at least." 
wonderful. I heard there was a 4D. You have 4D right out in LA? Uh... I don't know. Is it up to five now? Or just I, like... I'm not in the city much, to be honest, uh, okay. by, by choice. Uh, but uh, that sounds like something that would be... Well, I think the 4D Christ, Christ whatever, um, had like <laughs> little little pieces of skin were thrown at you. It's just, just a bunch of people's like, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little blood, mist, bloods of mist coming out of your chair. <laughs> The, uh, yeah. the, or maybe you just got crucified. Do you think maybe you just got crucified in your chair in the 4D version? Oh gosh, that would be that would be certainly 4D. The That's ultimate. A, the the ultimate D. Fuck. Well, I guess we have <laughs> Mel Mel to thank for that. Uh, the, the, what would be the 4D experience for before sunrise? Like That's what, a very good question. I think. <laughs> It would just be maybe muted, and you got to talk to your friend. That's I kind of I get that. Like it's like a big you're in a big pub. Everyone's just yeah. wine, wine and bread is flowing around. Uh, maybe yeah. just playing. Yeah, they're just playing classical music over the film or something. Right. Yeah. Maybe not muted. You can still hear what they're saying, but it's like more of an eavesdropping situation rather than yeah, you know yeah. they're you're watching this movie. You just get to chill. Maybe get yeah. a hamburger. Wait, wake me up in one of them gets naked you know it's like it was yeah. just on in the background yeah so wait, do you think they have sex in this movie um i think they do but i don't think it's very clear and you've seen it more times than i am so yeah i think they do too but i think that was that was a really interesting part is that like the kiss scene it's a fucking great kiss too that kiss uh is one of the best cinemas ever produced agree the fact that they immediately like make fun of it in the very next scene i think the physicality of this movie is sort of um, an unwanted consequence that Linklater had to like he likes it in a way but the fact that he like the scene where he's like makes fun of him for being a little romantic and they made out is i think it's always this sort of tension between what Linklater Mm -hmm. sort of cerebralizes everything makes it all about them talking but like he also has to sort of hint at that they're getting physical too so I don't think it really matters. I, you know, it's like you just would not believe the film if there was not like sexual chemistry. Like, I, you know, I don't want to be that guy that says like it has to, there has to be something, you know, and I feel like you can have these very long, wonderful platonic sort of things. Like it could go the whole way through and being like romantic, but not like in a physical sense. But like, yeah, this movie would have not made sense. I feel like, given the characters were not traditional people, but like there was nothing that led you to believe they were like, yeah, like asexual or damaged in a way that they're like it would make, you know, sexual sort of contact weird or different than than like a, a standard sort of hetero relationship. Yeah, and I think it was the, uh, the 90s, too. So it was more I don't know. That was sort of that sort of a thing, right? When you go on a date, it's like <laughs> you're always sort of wondering if you're going to have sex at the end of it. Yeah. So I think it was interesting that like it I'm was the worst of... person to ask. I've been on like four dates in my life i just serial really yeah i i my i'm terrible at being single i just don't like approaching i i love approaching people i hate approaching people with any like preconceived notions whatsoever yeah (laughs) that's like didn't work for me (laughs) i i had a a nice long dating history which was very fun but i also am the the wrong person to ask because i sort of made a rule i don't know if making a rule sounds a little more like intense than it was but i just would like never go in even like wanting to make out with the other person i treated the first date always as a 
uh, just a fun time hanging. Yeah. So I also, see, yeah, I, I absolutely could have learned from that approach. I feel like that would have been probably good, but I found mm. the perfect person. Don't have to worry about it anymore. I can, we can just pretend with, uh, Ethan Hawke and, mm. uh, you know, I was in that listening booth, you know, listening oh. to that beautiful song. So nice. Yeah. What a funny, how many songs do you think he went through? Or is that like the impetus? I don't know. It's such a weird scene. It's such a fucking weird ass song too. It, it is. So that was, it was so fucking funny. Cause I immediately was like, all right, I gotta go to listen to this song again. I got, and then I played it. And I was like, Oh, this is a great song. And then I listened to the next song by the person and it was terrible. And I'm like, Oh, this is like, <laughs> I should not have done that. <laughs> I, I fucked up. I ruined everything. <laughs> Your algorithms fucked. What's, yeah. Who's who's the artist? Uh, I don't remember. It was yeah, like, I think some... a one hit wonder or like literally. Yeah. Just, not somebody that I recognized like right away. It's a so. weird part of the movie because it's the only montage, really. Because there's like clips of other people and where the camera just like lingers on empty parts of town. But like, I think that might be the only part of the movie where Ethan and Julie are like sort of going through a montage sequence where there's music playing uh, non diegetically and the, you can't hear what they're saying. Yeah. They do that a lot. Like I thought, I think they did that like two or three times where they went like diegetic, non-diegetic or like vice versa. And, and like, I, I, I don't know. I appreciated it when it would happen. It really pulled that like art to art to life connection. Like it bridged yeah. it really well. So, um, yeah, I didn't, I did notice that right. Where it's like the music continues to play and then, yeah, they're out doing stuff, you know, yeah. to the music. Yeah. It was, that was a weird moment. Um, but I liked it. It just was like, oh, it really made sure for a movie that's sort of committed to the bit. The, there are a few moments where it's like, nope, you're still just watching a movie that I, Richard Linklater, <laughs> has made for you. Yeah. Oh, man. Did you see, speaking of what Richard Linklater's made for us, did you see his new one? No, I didn't. Was, I fucking it? hated it. Oh, no. It was like another rotoscope adventure, but this time about like himself as a boy in Texas growing up. And it was just like literally a, the most boring visual memoir that was just like, Hey, so this shit happened to me when I was a boy. It's like, great, Richard fucking awesome. We, we don't care. I don't give a shit about your dad. I want to see hot people talk yeah. smart. I don't want to hear about you. I don't want to see a little boy pretend that he's in NASA. Okay. <laughs> it's like it's about this boy who's stolen away by two G men and forced to go in, into the Apollo program. The hell? But then the rest of the movie is just like a little biopic about his life living in Texas. Huh? Well, I'll, uh, I'll watch a summary. I will, uh, I'll skip it. Uh, yeah. My backlog is insane right now. I actually, oh, I didn't, this is going to come out in a few weeks, so this, the the trauma will have passed a little bit. But my um, like half a terabyte of movies that I just like pirate continually parody parody, haha, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I don't do that. Mm-mm. No, I don't just um, download. But the, the problem was I was downloading like three or four movies a day, mm. but only watching one movie a day. So like, I've, as you can guess, the I don't know if it's, I guess it's just linear, right? It's not logarithmic or exponential. Yeah, I, 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 you just can't catch it. <laughs> I just can't catch it. Yeah, um, two different slopes. Yep, I'm on the wrong slope. So I've um, thankfully they all were erased, and now I'm back at zero. Oh gosh, 
Was that intentionally? No, it was a. It was, I've never had this happen. It was a eight-year-old hard drive just failed. Oh wow, bricked out. Damn, that sucks. I back up the movies that I want, and then I just have like this just a oh, gotcha. hundred shitty movies like you know accidentally download the new mel gibson movie accidentally something like that <laughs> um so i just have like a hundred movies that i could be watching at any given time and they're just sitting on a well they're not sitting anywhere they have evaporated yeah i've i've just fanboy because i just don't have as much like i have like a pretty I guess like tough mix of like work and fun right now. So I'm not watching as many films as I'd like to, but like criterion is just getting me. Like, I just love how it's curated. Like they're the streaming mm. service. It's just like, it's just nice. You just can kind of collectively watch it with like other people that like are in it. And it's like, I can even see like the discourse bubble up as they like filter in these films. Like that was what, you know, where I got the inspiration to like watch this film. And it's, it's just, it's nice. Like I like, I miss that experience of like, here's what you're going to watch, but it's, it's curated. You know, it's like, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. I, I like that experience. Are you a, a movie movie guy? No, no, I just, I okay. don't have time. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I gotta pick my poison. It was the most stressful streaming service up until last year where it was like, they would just add a movie every day and take a movie off every day. Oh, wow. And so like, it really gave you this sense that you needed to be watching um, every day. But uh, they stopped doing that, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, I heard Movie Pass was the most glorious summer for a lot of my friends that did it. Uh, similar deal where it's like, okay, well, now that I'm paying for this, I have to watch like 400 movies a month. Yeah, I did. I did that. Nice. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. it was the best. Or we you know we did the we used to do Movie Pass, but then we switched over to the AMC one. Gotcha. And it was it was like twenty dollars a month. You could just go whenever you wanted. It's okay. fucking amazing what i want god great and now i haven't i've seen one movie this year in theaters and it was the north man i saw the north man too and it was i i I hope you liked it because i thought it was so fucking cool in theaters so yeah it was good it was a really good way to get back into the theaters and i guess obviously it wasn't nothing else but yeah it was fucking awesome i we did a little bonus episode about it so anyone who's not subscribing uh you can subscribe to our bonus shit but yeah we um i saw it with josh and I think I need to see it again. I liked um, his other movies more. I think on my first watch, it felt a little more simple in some ways. But I think it. I think what it did do was fucking awesome. I really liked it. Yeah, the the to me, I just the payoffs were really good. Like yeah. just like the final fight scene, and just like in the 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 big reveal of like a how stupid Amleth is, and like b how like his mother you know loved you know. Uh, Fjolnir or whatever so it's like just just yeah the payoffs were really good yeah but I totally it's definitely his simplest film for sure I think so but I mean that's not necessarily a bad thing I think I just like have sort of grown to appreciate his um sort of holding back and this one felt a little bit more like Hamlety where it's just like oh this is a bigger story yeah uh it's it's going places uh lots of set changes but it's when it's cool it's fucking cool and yeah I liked how dumb he is (laughs) <laughs> and it's, it's true it's like hamlet's like he's the hero of hamlet but he's fucking dumb yeah it's like he, <laughs> i love he, it he, he can't get the subtext it's well he does at the end yeah yeah i guess i don't know he still fucking kills himself he's such a little baby but i guess he does it for yeah well good reason if you I truly believe you're you're writing yourself into valhalla it's it's pretty easy i feel like it's like 
That mm-hmm. that's one of the thing. That's the thing I think the movie did well was so place you in that in the time and place where it's like you understand how someone could like. Yeah, if they if you true like they could go out there and act like absolute fucking insane animals and like tear up a whole village because it's yeah. like I'm, I, you know, this is getting me into my vacation spot. I'm getting right. my, my timeshare in Valhalla, you know, for by doing this. Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty amazing. I was reading an interview with him where he's like, religion just it wasn't separate like we think of like modern christians like it's not not even that level just like there was no separation from the religion and and the way that they live their lives so yeah it's fucking if you think you're going to a big badass party when you get your head smashed in like hell yeah i can see why you die at 22 or whatever yeah i I would be on that boat that would be sounds tight (laughs) you know it's like i don't know it's just you just go out adventuring uh you know yeah I think I need a, now that I'm a little older, and maybe that's why people died so young, the little Vikings, because it was, like, I think as a 37-year-old, I don't know, you're talking about jazz, or I think I would want maybe a jazz or jazz party, maybe sitting around. Um, yeah. You should just be you the, uh, be um, Willem Dafoe's character. Just, yeah. Just become the, uh, the resident drug guy. <laughs> just uh, yeah. make a niche for yourself, you know? Yeah. Get some craft beer in there. I... Uh, craft mead. Mm. So. Eh. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. So, I, have you um figured out? I don't know. The MVP is hard for this one. You're you're familiar with the MVP? Yeah. MVP. And I think uh I think I got mine. I'm gonna just just fire shoot from the hip here. But uh, I think okay. MVP is uh, trains. Uh, we need <gasps> more more public wow. transit. Try side so you know trolleys. Think how much magic happened because two people were forced to sit in close proximity yeah. instead of in their fucking car in la traffic smoking you know smog just sitting there listening to some stupid podcast when you could be sitting there and talking that's true uh i just train trains mvp i mean i'm not gonna award my mvp to an inanimate object because i think that's um ridiculous but (laughs) the absence of cell phones could potentially be awarded an mvp yeah can you imagine this version 2022 version no, wouldn't happen because all millennials are just on their fucking phones. Yeah, I, it's so hard to like. Th- this is the this is exactly what we're trying to do with like the the story I'm writing right now, where it's like it is so hard to write young people because y- y- to be true to it, they have to be on their phone all the time. And it's like, I don't yeah. mean that in some derogatory boomer ass way. I just no, mean, we're like, scared. Yeah, they're integrated. No one wants to write it because it's like, how do you make this look visually appealing? It's like, how do you like connect the phone with the conversation, with the research, with like, you know, it's like, it just looks weird. It's not, it it seems no one's cracked that yet. I think the Safdie brothers are the closest, but even them, they're like maybe four years behind like that total phone immersion. Like they're, they're the closest I feel like we've gotten. I think, um, Olivia Isaias strangely had that wonderful cell phone scene in Personal Shopper. I'll have to check that out. And that was an exciting one. And I think High Maintenance peep Guy, um, well, that was years ago. And he was on the cutting edge of including cell phone conversations and visual media. Yeah, Promising Young Woman was pretty good with like the crux of it being like a cell phone video, just being like such an important part of the uh, mm. the whole plot. Um, that's true i I didn't care for it that much but i thought it had moments that were like good i didn't really like that movie i can't say why anymore 
it felt weird i don't know like i i was just like is this pair i could it was flirting that line of like is it parodying this thing or is it you know it's like what what am i where am i supposed to go like i'm I'm trying to like understand you know yeah it just sort of existed by itself and didn't fucking know how to actually create a world where it was relevant it just wanted to be really relevant yeah i mean it was so i guess like kudos And then also, uh, she fucking uses her ghostly powers to call the cops, which is a wonderful message to all of us. Don't worry, our boys in blues—they got—they got this. They—they got, <laughs> they, they got this. That was—that was. I—I that was, I laughed out loud. We're like, don't worry, the cops are on the way. Me too. It's so fucking bad. <laughs> They're gonna fix um, it. I don't know. I feel like I don't want to disrespect Linklater and Julie and Ethan, but I think it's like. I'm I, I'm going to give the MVPs to the cow guys, the cow brothers. I honestly they're think pretty great. that not only are they great, they're wonderful. They're just like weird little um, where I don't where where where, uh, where is Prague? Prague is in um, Czech Republic. Czech Republic. Okay, cool. Yeah, they're just like very strange European men, and I like that. But I think also, as I said earlier, they're just like the perfect bridge to foil like they're a couple they're they're a couple and i think they give um jesse and uh what's her name the just like like that they needed to go through something like that to be like oh we can just exist together we we could extend the mvp to just like weird little european guys like i feel like the 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 amount of hills the hill and you know europe's so hilly there's like you can kind of hide with your like little niche interests Mm. like much better in europe so you just makes the just little pockets of weird weird dudes uh all over europe <laughs> sounds terrifying <laughs> did you see men uh no oh, okay should i i liked it yeah i, I thought it was cool it was fun but it's, it's basically got one guy playing a bunch of shitty Euro- uh, british guys um <laughs> and uh yeah that sort of reminded me of a world of just weird little european men in hiding in hills yeah they're uh it's I, I just i can't wait to go back to europe i've only been once and it was awesome but uh do you have a little I, hill you hide in I, I, that's the thing i want to find my little my little hidey hole my little hobbit hole up in the hills of, of of you know czech republic or austria or any of those you know central european countries i can see you there just a little dirty guy <laughs> surrounded by well, I guess not surrounded by. That's sort of the whole idea is that there I'm are real little... obsessed with making like, I don't know, like hundred year eggs, like some like trendy oh thing. God. Just, like, yeah, I, I'm doing like a farm to table hundred year eggs uh, up in my little hill village. You'd be the king of that little hill, I think. Yeah, it'd be four of us. We'd smell terrible. Uh, so I guess um, it's time for that question. This is your first time. It's a big moment. You've never asked been asked this question before. Well, maybe you have. I don't know your life, but. Um, I've never asked you this question. And are you asking when will it end? Do you un- and uh, I, do you understand what that means? Does that um, make sense to you? Because it is uh, a concept of the no. show. So if you don't understand it, I think we've not Josh asking when it when it's going to end. I am in the universe. I I must know. Uh, will, will the the bright eyed, sorry, uh, you know, end of history of the nineties? Uh, will it continue into the two thousands? Uh, yeah. Will Will Limp Biscuit continue? to their their reign of terror where are we going i don't even remember so it's gonna be great i don't remember what happened with limp biscuit i also am not asking i think this movie while it 
I'm not as charmed by it. I don't really even like them very much um, on this watch. I still think the movie is fucking perfect. And it's actually maybe even better if you're like, see a doomed relationship get off the ground. It's almost more fun to see like, this doesn't have to work. It's still just like the way all, yeah. most relationships fail. And this is how almost all of them start. So it's cool that it's like to live in that space for a movie. Yeah, I I agree. And it's going to be fucking, I, I mean, I remember them just getting better and better. So I know I'm sort of using my, I'm not allowed to do that. Josh would be very angry if I said that, but I do remember that the other ones are good and I'm not asking when will it end. Yeah. I, I, for all I know, Ethan Hawke's going to show up in some, some Jinko jeans and, uh, oh, no. just, just start talking, you know, trying to sell some Cutco knives to her. And, uh, it's going to be real 2000s hours. Can't, can't wait. Damn. Well, um, thanks so much. This is the first time. I mean, Jesse, obviously, shout out to the, another, uh, Jay friend of mine who <laughs> has been on the show many times. Um, he helped out when we took a little break in June. But um, thanks so much for starting off a little friend verse. Um, and I'm excited to keep doing these with you. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, same. Uh, I love talking about films. So I wow. will probably not think I want it to end for a while. So Wow. Well, that's lovely. Um, is there anything that you personally, you said a, a weird word. You You might have a weirder online handle than i do probably not but um is there anything you want to plug and i'm gonna put some links in the show notes if you have any art um things you do anything you want to share i'll make sure people can find it uh yeah um so i have i'll just give my twitter handle i post most of like all my thoughts there um but uh, it's just like at chakazulu so c-h-a-k-a-z-u-l-a and uh, okay long time nickname and yeah that's just uh, my dumping ground for poems and opinions and where one day you'll post videos of you making eggs in the hills exactly wow it's gonna be like the the chinese tiktok guys where they're like up in the mountains like just making big soups and everyone just loves it <sighs> god the tea i watched that tea documentary after seeing did you see after yang no oh, Should i highly recommend it yeah you get to see colin do an impression of herzog from a tea documentary called all in this tea that sounds real interesting oh colin farrell's in okay yeah right. i really love that scene i wrote a little essay on it and then i watched the entire documentary just to be sort of like tea huh. steeped in the world of that and the documentary wasn't that great but you do get to see Werner herzog talking about tea and uh you get to see a lot of like chinese farmers harvesting tea and and then you know cooking the tea and drinking that there's so much fucking tea drinking going on i so love that your tea head it's on a canopy i think so it's i just, love uh, i love tea i love films about the making of things i think it's it's very cathartic yeah uh, it should, you gotta it should see this movie known. yeah i will i will for sure um yeah after yang was awesome really liked it yeah, loved uh, loved Grizzly Man, loved uh, the act of killing. So uh, I will have to check out after Yang. Yeah, the t- I'm gonna you know the T documentary is not great. It's okay, but um, you I would say if you want to really get the context of Colin pretending to be Herzog, it's a sort of a prerequisite to After Yang. All right, sounds good. Yeah, so documentary After Yang, got it. I have yeah, well, yeah, but don't. That's a little confusing the way you said it. It's 
not after Yang. Don't do the documentary after after Yang. Right. Make sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. Great. Well, we'll be back. Um. In a, in a week, I mean, not you. We don't have to do this in a week because we have time. But um, for the listeners, this is a like a time thing where they just sort of sit there and wait for the episode. I think that's sort of what I imagine. They just sort of wait around a week at a time until our episode pops into their feed. So uh, this will be back in a week. We'll be doing before sun sat and seeing what two thousand four is like because I don't remember. Yeah, I, can't, I I'm so ready to go back to two thousand four and see what the hell was going on back then. Oh my god. There's no other way to do it. This is the way to do it. I think we invaded Iraq in 2004.